I have not forgotten about the show at all. It is Season 5, Episode 15 of JV to the Pros. I'm Jack Vecchio, and I'll be hosting this show through our whole next hour or so. There has been a lot of stuff going on. I have not forgotten about what needs to be shared. I've got all sorts of stuff to talk about from uh, the NFL preseason, which has been a really really pleasant surprise usually it's uh it's kind of lame but this year it has been competitive it has been strategic it has been intelligent and you get a real peek into what everybody's um approach seems to be where their strengths and weaknesses are i'll talk about that a little bit later um i also want to talk about a special birthday party I also want to talk about um, the fact that my cousin Anthony, whom we've had on the show before and has been, I think, the MVP of of the Long Island league that he plays in. I think he's been the MVP uh, 17 or 18 years out of 20. And he went back to Las Vegas for the World Billiard Championships again. And this time I got the opportunity to spend some time out there and join them. And it was intense. I'll share that whole experience with you. I did get a little bit of heck. Heck is the word from uh, friends of mine at the gym and people that are into the sports and, and understand everything. And they actually wondered why I didn't cover what happened at Wimbledon. And, you know, that's on me because I actually watched Wimbledon this year and I watched the final, the men's final especially, and it was it was very, very exciting. And it, to me, it was a changing of the guard. But I'll talk about that um, in a little bit. I'm also going to talk to you about the final 50 days of baseball. The baseball season is winding down and teams that should have been sellers called themselves buyers, and that did not help the situation. And teams that were heavy, heavy buyers acted like they refused to be sellers until you just couldn't ignore the writing on the wall. Um, I also want to talk about the fact that, you know, many of you know that I am a professional actor and we're dealing with a, a Writers Guild strike and a Screen Actors Guild strike all at once. Uh, And there have been a couple of um, celebrity deaths I want to talk to you about. I have a Florida idiocy story that um, (laughs) I, 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 I really gave it a lot of thought as to whether or not to share this story. And I thought, you know what? (sighs) Florida, you're just begging to get kicked around mentally. All right. Well, Florida, you're going to. You're going to get yours. So let's get started with Season 5, Episode 15 of JV to the Peruse. First things first is we're going to talk about the fact that we had a big milestone birthday this week. That's right. Producer Karen, the Queen of Queens, New York, celebrated her big 6-0 birthday from 3,000 miles away. 
Uh, she and Dexter are in New York, and they um, went to a concert and had a good time, and friends poured out with monster birthday signs and everything. But, um, yep, I mean, you don't get that memory back. But, uh, yeah, producer Karen, the queen of Queens, New York, has a big birthday, and she celebrates in New York. So happy birthday to producer Karen, the queen of Queens. Now, staying with the um, family theme, my cousin Anthony, who happens to have become one of the best pool players in the country, took his team to uh, Las Vegas for the World Pool Shooting Championships. So they were there a couple of days before I got there, and they were just winning and winning, and I thought, okay, great. So I get there, and they continued their winning ways. And I'll tell you what, getting up at 6 in the morning and you know being on the tables at 7 or 7.30 and playing one set of matches after another, after another, all day long, and getting out of there at, um, I don't know, 10 or 10.30 at night and having to have dinner and then get up again at 6 in the morning, it's just... It's really, really intense, but his team did great. Not just good, but great. And they ended up, out of some 2,000 teams, they ended up finishing 17th out of some 2,000 teams. And uh, they won all the matches for both days I was there. And I, both days was 15 hours a day. For two days, and um, and it's it'll it'll make you weary uh, because you gotta you gotta stay focused, and every shot, every move, every roll of the ball matters. Everything matters, and you really don't have any room for error because every team that's there has been practicing for this moment all year long. So they did very very well. Got a little lucky on a couple of shots. Um, and I, you know, credit where credits due. They they played great, really great, and uh, they finished um, getting a check, obviously, because they finished in the top twenty. And it was a nice, nice big check. I, I'm not going to say how much, but a nice big check. So, um, congratulations to cousin Anthony and his team. And I was trying to figure out what the name. Of their team was because the name of their team was Imanan and I thought Imanan what is that and apparently they fought and fought and fought over naming their team to the point where it almost resulted in a fist fight so they finally decided they would just not have a name just no name at all and somebody came up with the idea of messing with the heads of the people they played while they try to figure out the name of the team. And they named the team Imanan, which is no name spelled backwards. And, and yeah, it baffled a lot. It baffled a lot of, of the players that were trying to look at the shirts and figure out what is Imanan. Anyway, I, I thought that was hilarious. But they did, they did great. And at one point, um, one of the other teams put up a, an absolute ringer. Like the best you can be ranked is a nine. And that's like professional caliber. So they put a nine up and Anthony decided to put a four, a ranked four up, which is 
you know, a, a medium type player. Well, he got a little lucky and ran one table and then shot lights out and this nine missed a shot he should not have missed. And old Scott took it to him and ran it out and won that match. They were actually expecting that Scott would lose, but because they keep track of how many balls you get in, they were hoping that they can make up the loss of balls on the next on the next round, on the next match. And instead, Scott put an end to it right then and there. That was the end of that. And so good for Scott, good for the team, and congratulations to Imanan <laughs> and um, Anthony on his um, appearance there at the World Pool Championships. Um, I also want to cover something with Wimbledon. I um, completely forgot about the fact that I didn't cover Wimbledon at all on uh, the last show, and I watched Wimbledon. I found it to be really interesting because uh, Novak Djokovic looked like he was going to get one more Wimbledon championship, you know, under his belt before Father Time started taking its toll. Well, he gets into the final, Djokovic does, against a 20 or 21-year-old Carlos Alcarez. And Carlos Alcarez is a good player, a real good player. And they end up going five sets, and Djokovic loses to Alcarez. And Alcarez, when the final point was made, and it was match, set, point, set, match, point, Alcarez just laid on his back on the grass and just looked up at the sky. And it, you can tell for a 20 or 21-year-old, this was, this was an emotional moment. I mean, he had probably been working at this for 10 or 11 years. And there he is. Now he is a Wimbledon champion. And I thought, gosh, that, that, that really... And then he got up and he shook hands with Djokovic and they hugged and, and it was very uh, respectful. And I, I thought this was a classy, classy finals. It was really, really good. And I say congratulations to Carlos Alcarez as he takes the championship at Wimbledon at the age of 20 or 21. The kid's a baby and now he's a Wimbledon champion. Oh, so let me just take a little break and talk about one of our sponsors, which is Rob Van Dam and his CBD oil. And Rob Van Dam is the WWE heavyweight champion of the world and has been for some time. He is a friend of the show. He's a friend of mine. He and I talk fairly regularly. We're in touch um, with emails and messages and stuff. And um, we dealt with something this week together. And, and I thought, boy, what an honor that, um, you know, such an accomplished athlete, you know, he and I have become fairly close. And, um, you know, I do want to, I do want to go and, and see him at one of his matches when they're in Southern California. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, so Rob Van Dam's CBD oil 
can be found at rvdcbd.com and you put JV to the pros in the promo box and you'll save at least 10% off your next purchase of Rob Van Dam's CBD oil. And I'll tell you what, that is some great stuff. I told you guys that I had minor knee surgery and I've been using that CBD oil as I've been doing the rehab and it has helped. It's helped keep the swelling down. It's helped keep the soreness. It's helped keep the sharp pain. I mean, I'm very, very impressed with this miracle product. <laughs> so um, congratulations to Rob Van Dam and his CBD oil which you can find at rvdcbd.com and put JV to the pros in the promo box. Now, this year, speaking of athletes, the NFL preseason has been a thrill. It has been just wonderful. It's almost been like a little bit of, of HBO's Hard Knocks, which, by the way, this year has the New York Jets, my New York Jets, and you get a chance to look kind of behind the curtain a little bit at, at where the strengths and weaknesses are of each team, and you get to see what they've got and what they need. And, I mean, that doesn't mean, you know, because Buffalo beat, you know, Indy and, you know, um, <clears throat> Richardson, um, you know, did, did a good job for Indy and Buffalo. I mean, nobody's really playing all their starters because they don't want to take a chance on anybody getting hurt. They want to know what kind of bench they have. They want to know who's going to make the team. They want to know who they're going to be cutting. They want to know what they've got. So um, the preseason has been pretty fantastic. Um, my New York Jets broke a record in which they have never shut out any team in preseason by more points than they did this week against the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Panthers were shut out 27 to nothing. My New York Jets shut out the Carolina Panthers 27 to nothing and held the Panthers in the first half to just two, count them, two, first downs in the whole first half and in the whole game the Carolina Panthers only managed to amass 165 total yards now I mean frankly you get running backs that sometimes run for 140 or 150 yards you get quarterbacks that routinely throw for over 200 yards and Getting three or four hundred yards in a game is not unusual, but if you've been held to a hundred and sixty-five yards for the game, now I don't care who the team is, any NFL team should be able to score something in the course of a game. They should be able to put up three points, something. And the Jets dropped twenty-seven on them and shut the door on their side. And I thought, okay, Carolina is actually a contender of a team too. And yeah, you're playing you're playing the guys that are trying to make the team. You're playing the bench. You're playing second and third stringers. I get it. But so are the Jets. You know, Aaron Rodgers didn't have his uniform on. Sauce Gardner did Garrett Wilson. These guys, I mean, Cobb, these guys didn't have their uniforms on because they are not going to play no matter what. But I sit there and I look at, you know, I look at teams like Okay, for the first time since 1992, 
the Green Bay Packers will have somebody under center as the quarterback whose name is not Brett Favre or Aaron Rodgers. That's going to be the first time since 1992 that that the Green Bay Packers have somebody other than Brett Favre or or Aaron Rodgers under center. So yes, they're going to have Jordan Love. And Jordan Love, I'll tell you what. Well, Jordan Love, ironically, has a wide receiver named Romeo. <laughs> now, I mean, these, these jokes just write themselves. So it'll be all year long, it'll be love to Romeo. Love to Romeo. Oh, yeah. Love to Romeo. <laughs> love. Exciting and I will be shocked if somehow the Green Bay Packers make it to the playoffs this year, especially with Minnesota in that division because they've got some unfinished business after the Giants eliminated them in the first round uh, in their own crib. So, I mean, Minnesota, Minnesota's got a little chip on their shoulder this year, and they're still pretty much the same team. So... I'm thinking we're gonna see we're gonna see some pretty great stuff. Now, I I thought Detroit is gonna be a factor in the NFC North. I think Detroit is gonna be a player this year. I think Detroit I think Detroit can win that division. I really do. And Detroit Detroit's bench just beat the Giants. So, you know, you just never know. I mean, people are talking about how in the AFC East, how um, the Dolphins are going to be a factor. But you know what? Atlanta, yes, it's preseason. I get it. Atlanta just shut them down 19-3, to which means Miami didn't score a point for every quarter they played. And <laughs> you got to score more than a point a quarter. If you plan on playing in this league, otherwise <laughs> you're going to be pretty much out of this before you know it. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say, but, um, you know, you're going to have to get moving. <laughs> so Miami, I'm not so impressed with. Um, Seattle just uh, beat the Vikings in preseason 24-13. So, yeah, okay, yeah, you know, Seattle was at home. Minnesota played their bench players. They're figuring out who to cut. But next week, we're going to have some guys with their uniforms on. And now we're going to see in the final week of preseason, we'll see some real, real football. I'm happy about it, too. Loving it. Because now football season's only a couple of weeks away. Gotta love that. Okay. So let me um let me talk to you guys a little bit about the fact that um the uh, Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild after a strike is still going on. Um I predicted that as we get done with the summer, 
and the kids are going back to school and it starts to get cooler people are going to be in their house and they're going to want to see some new entertainment they're not going to want to see reruns of stuff um some of these quote-unquote reality shows are not airing anything because you know they're not reality shows some of that stuff is scripted and if they have a writer striked they can't run some of these reality shows because so much of it is scripted and the writers are not writing so I'm kind of bummed about it because I have some stuff that I would like to write but I am excited about the fact that we got our movie resellers we got our movie all done all edited the sound synced up everything the music beautiful and we're about to have our screening and we thought okay it's probably going to be 200 people maybe 250 people so you know the uh, producers said they would rent the theater and we had no idea there would be like almost 600 people that want to go see this thing and um yeah we're we're gearing up we're ready to to do a sequel we're ready to to start getting ready to go into production on the next on the next uh, installment of this but um we can't do anything until after the strike is done but the studios have agreed that it's time it's time we talk of course it's time we talk because people are going to want to see some television <laughs> they're going to want to see some stuff come fall you know this is what people are used to they're used to new television they've never seen before every september october you know and then we mesh right into the holiday season and then we finish off the winter with more new television so i've got my fingers crossed that the studios are going to be smart about this they're going to figure out a way to to kind of divide up the streaming money because they've been keeping it all so far and you know fair is fair to their credit yeah there's nothing in our contract about streaming because when we negotiated the contract last, there wasn't streaming. Streaming wasn't a thing. And you know, it's just like um, when when the actors um, union negotiated, you know, to, to get uh, money and residuals from movies and stuff that air on television, and then all of a sudden the video market exploded. Yeah, it was time to renegotiate. So. You know, you had video sales that wasn't in the contract. I get it. I get what's going on here. Staying with the theme of um, of entertainment, um, there have been a couple of celebrity deaths. Um, one of them is Sinead O'Connor, who had um, passed away at the age of 56. And you, you talk about um, a career that, you know, had all sorts of... Um, all sorts of friction, all sorts of um, people scratching their head. She went on Saturday Night Live and tore up the Pope's picture on live television. Um, Sinead O'Connor uh, apparently lost her son a year ago, and um, that pushed her into depression. And as I understand it, she had um, made an attempt, a suicide attempt, um, from depression, from the loss of her son. So I, I don't know um, how to sum up her, um, her career, but um, Nothing Compares to You it was a great song 
big hit song and was actually written for Sinead by Prince. So that was her, that was really her peak of her career. But Sinead O'Connor passed away a couple of weeks ago at the age of 56. Now, this next um, celebrity death, um, I don't know, I don't know if I should call it a celebrity death or if it's a celebrity by association death because the name is William Friedkin. Friedkin, F-R-I-E-D-K-I-N, was the director of the most successful horror film in history at the time, and people were lining up around the block in Manhattan to see The Exorcist. Well, William Friedkin was the director of The Exorcist, and Friedkin passed away this week at the age of 87. And uh, he'll always be best known for Linda Blair and The Exorcist. So rest in peace, Sinead O'Connor and William Friedkin. And I'm sure you're in celebrity heaven. So <clears throat> I, 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 I remember Saturday Night Live having a little fun with the Exorcist and uh, with uh, Richard Pryor playing playing a priest, and <laughs> I mean it was a very funny spoof on the film. Anyway, um, I'm gonna shift gears, and like I said earlier, Florida. You know, I have stopped. Well, I didn't stop completely. I, I stopped making fun of Florida a little bit because I thought, okay, I've just been hammering florida every week week in and week out but some things have happened that i cannot ignore when it comes to florida so here's the deal a florida school principal now if you're the principal of a school you should be pretty smart like you should make you should make stupid mistakes if you're the principal of a school like you should be just kind of a notch above everybody else in the school. Well, this Florida school principal, her name is Jan McGee, and Jan McGee apparently was corresponding with what she claims to be was Elon Musk. Yeah, it was a scam. And she thought she, she really believed that she was communicating online with Elon Musk, who was offering to supplement millions of dollars to her school system to her to her school but but he needed uh, an upfront payment of a hundred thousand dollars and jan mcgee had mentioned to some people that you know she was going to have millions of dollars added to their budget from elon musk and that elon musk only needed an upfront payment of a hundred thousand dollars well the teachers which you know they work underneath the principal you know and you assume principals are smart but principals can surprise you principals can be pretty clueless sometimes and jan mcgee is in that list of principals that were clueless people were warning her warning her this is a scam do not send any money. Elon Musk is not offering 
to send millions of dollars here, but he needs $100,000 up front. It's just friends, coworkers, other teachers, everybody was warning her not to send this $100,000 out of the budget. Well, Jan sent the check, and fortunately, the CFO caught it before the check got cashed and put a stop payment on the check. And Jan McGee was so upset with everybody thinking she was an idiot because, you know, she's the principal. Principals are not supposed to be idiot. They're not supposed to be clueless. They're certainly supposed to learn from their mistakes. Well, Jan McGee refused to understand that this was a scam. And Jan McGee, while being berated at a meeting about why she would have the authority to send a $100,000 check to this scam artist, well, she got so upset that now they're not going to get the millions of dollars from Elon Musk. So she decided that if that's the way they want to be, she's going to resign. That'll teach them. The principal is going to resign. And no more will, will large sums of money be sent to scammers. That'll teach you. <laughs> so... So Jan McGee stood up and said, I resign. And now you won't have your, your millions of dollars. Oh, my gosh. It just, it just cracks me up. That, 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 uh, and that's a principal. That's a school principal. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes yeah, they're not that smart, you know. <laughs> okay. Let's finish up the show by talking about the last 50 days of the baseball season. Now, we're going to start in the AL East because that's where we always start and that's where the Yankees play. Except this season, the Yankees are playing in the basement of the AL East as they are 12 games back from the Baltimore Orioles in that division. Baltimore has a two-and-a-half game lead over Tampa, which, yeah, in any three games, that could all switch. But Baltimore is leading the AL East, and I'll tell you what, Baltimore is playing lights-out baseball. They're playing great. Now, I'm going to tell you a certain irony here. Um, Buck Showalter in the 90s Put together a really great Yankees team just in time to get fired and have Joe Torre come in and basically take all the credit for what Buck Showalter did. So Buck Showalter decides, okay, I'll get even. I'll go into the AL East and I'll manage the Orioles and I will stick it to the Yankees. That's what I'm going to do. And the Orioles got beat and beat and beat and beat by the Yankees. And um, there was the famous game where the ball got hit almost out of the park and one of the fans, uh, a kid, reached over and caressed the ball over the fence and the Yankees ended up winning. And, I mean, Buck Showalter just, it, it just, he could not get Baltimore to get over the hump to beat the Yankees. So Buck Showalter, fast forward now, 
is the manager of the New York Mets. And he decided, okay, great, we've got a new owner. We're going to be more significant because this new, new owner has billions and trillions of dollars. And we're going to be more significant than the New York Yankees by just beating everybody because we're going to buy all the talent and we're going to put that talent on the field and we're just going to beat everybody. Well, Buck Showalter, former, former <laughs> manager of the Baltimore Orioles, is watching the Baltimore Orioles dominate the AL East. Now... His Mets, I, I think they're like 25 or 30 games out of first place. And the owner, Cohen, at the uh, trade deadline said, oh, no, we're buyers. We're not selling off this talent. We're buyers. And he decided to invest more money. Well, finally, he had to get rid of a couple of his high-priced pitchers and realize, okay, it's not happening this year. It's just not happening. So Baltimore in the AL East, Buck Showalter's former team, is just killing it. And I don't think Tampa, even though they're only two and a half games back, I don't think Tampa is going to pose a threat. Toronto's eight games back. You know, it's just Boston and the Yankees. I don't even know the last time Boston and the Yankees finished at the bottom of that division together. I mean, it's just, it's just the world of bizarro. So... Let's move on to the AL Central as Minnesota has a four and a half game lead over the horribly named Cleveland Guardians. And Minnesota has 62 wins, 58 losses. So they're just barely over 500. So I think almost anything can happen in that division. And yeah, Cleveland might, you know, might catch them. You know, who knows? Minnesota may stumble. I don't know. That division is not very impressive. I mean, if you think about it, the Yankees are in last place in the AL East with 60 wins. And Cleveland's in second place in that division with 57 wins. So the Yankees would be one game back in the AL Central. <laughs> in the AL West, here is the team. I This team, I think, Texas, the Texas Rangers, I can see the Texas Rangers in the World Series representing the American League. Texas Rangers have 70 wins with a win percentage of 600. I mean, Texas, I mean, the reigning champion Houston Astros, yeah, they got 68 wins. But they're, they're losing games they should win. They're making mistakes on the field. They're, they're giving up the long ball when they shouldn't. And they're only two and a half games back, but I don't think they're as good as Texas. And I think Texas is going to open their stride come September, and it's just going to be ugly for Houston. I, that's my prediction. I don't know if it's going to happen, but that is my prediction. I don't think Houston's good enough to make it through the whole season and keep up with Texas. Now let's get to the National League, as this is the other team I think will be in the World Series with Texas, and that's the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves have a 12-game lead over Philadelphia, and Philadelphia last year represented the National League in the World Series. And they have a 12-game lead over Philadelphia. And then it's Miami with 15. Mets are 23 and a half games back. Washington, 24 games. I mean, Atlanta could be on cruise control, and they're just going to win that division hands down. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves in advance. Okay, the NL Central. Milwaukee is in kind of a tight race with the Cubs. Now, the Cubs are playing great 
great ball. And they have gone from last place to second place, two and a half games back behind Milwaukee. And I think the Cubs are the better team. I think they're better than Milwaukee, and I think the Cubs can win that division. Milwaukee's got 64 wins. The Cubs have 61 wins. But the Cubs have made up a lot of ground in the last couple of months. So I would probably put my money on the Chicago Cubs. And I think Milwaukee should be looking over their shoulder. Now, usually the Cubs in St. Louis are having a little bit of a battle. But St. Louis <laughs> St. Louis has got 52 wins for the whole season. They're 12 games back in a division that is competitive at the top. Now, here's the ir irony. Cincinnati playing great ball. I think both Cincinnati and Chicago could overtake Milwaukee. Now, even though Milwaukee right now has a two-game lead, Cincinnati's three games back, Chicago's two games back, I think both of them could make a race to win that division. And poor Pittsburgh got off to a good start, and the Pirates, it ain't happening. So, And the Pirates, by the way, are doing better than St. Louis. So St. Louis having a tough, tough year. In the NL West, the Los Angeles Dodgers have 70 wins. Now, I just mentioned that the Texas Rangers have 70 wins, but the Dodgers have 70 wins in a division that is not very strong. You got Colorado with 45 wins. You got San Diego, who has just underwhelmed everybody with 56 wins. Arizona looked like they were going to be a surprise, and then they just tripped over their own feet, and they're only at 58 wins. So Arizona who looked like they were going to be the shocker this year, are 12 and a half games back. San Francisco's eight and a half games back. So the same thing as the NL East, the Dodgers probably just going to run away with this division. And um, as long as they play even money ball for the rest of the season, they should be able to, to put this thing away. Okay, now that is our show for season five episode 15 of JV to the Pros. I want to thank our sponsors, Rob Van Dam's CBD Oil. And you go to rvdcbd.com. I also want to thank, and I didn't do a spot for, Paul Sorrentino, the employer, lawyer, who represents your business, your company, your corporation. He will protect your investment. He will keep you from being under attack. So if you want to get a hold of Paul Sorrentino, you can get a hold of him at Jackson Lewis at 619-573-4900 and ask for Paul Sorrentino, the employer, lawyer. Okay, so I also want to congratulate producer Karen for her big birthday that she celebrated in New York. And um, she's there with my buddy Dexter. And she had a good time, concerts and people coming out and signage. I mean, I saw all these pictures. I'm like, wow, is gigantic happy birthday signs. So happy birthday to producer Karen, the queen of Queens, New York. And that is our show. And of course, of course, I would like to, before I get off the air, I'd like to thank you, the listeners, 
for just tuning in each week. And I like all your comments. I like your direct messages. I like the fact that you guys are paying attention. That is just so cool. Now, we are only a couple of weeks away from starting the football season, and that's <laughs> it's the best time of the year. So whatever team you root for, it is on this year as um, September 9th will be upon us pretty quick. So whatever team you root for, good luck to your team, but better luck to my New York Jets. And by the way, if you haven't gotten a chance to catch Hard Knocks on HBO, it is really, really good. What a great, what a great show. They've, they've done it in a way where it's not, they're not trying to be overly dramatic. They're just talking about what it takes to put together a great team. And I thought, boy, this is the way it should have been done all along. Good for them. This is, this is fantastic. Anyway, that is our show. Season 5, episode 15 of JV to the Pros. I thank you very much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs>